0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW for are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The Jumbo Package NFL podcast is sponsored by Batavia's Original Pizzeria. Paulie and I named this podcast The Jumbo Package because we're both huge football fans and also because we're both big dudes who love to eat. And since both of us grew up in western New York, that means we've enjoyed food from Batavia's Original too many times to count. Batavia's Original was founded in 1947 and has been serving Batavia and all of Western New York unbelievable Italian food ever since. Batavia's Original welcomes families, sports teams, other large groups, and even third graders on their very first date with their elementary school girlfriend. That's right, 17 years ago, I went on my first date at Batavia's Original. If you're a Western New Yorker or even just driving through Western New York, You aren't eating right if you aren't stopping at Batavia's Original. Batavia's Original, the official sponsor of the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. Welcome to the final 2018 episode of the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. I'm Sonny Giuliano. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Paul Clark. We are back after a one-week hiatus. Paulie had to screw everything up and disrupt our schedule and go to Vegas, so we couldn't do our Week 16 pod. Uh, Paulie, how is Las Vegas, and more importantly, how is your Christmas? This is a post-Christmas episode of the Jumbo Package
1: uh yeah everything was good uh the trip was good I had a lot of fun um christmas was great you know uh see smiles on my kids faces is uh is nothing better so uh everything was good and uh now now we're ready to talk some football
0: absolutely glad to hear it glad to hear christmas was good vegas was good um and we
1: how was your christmas
0: it was good Sorry. it it's uh It's nice to have these two and a half weeks off from work. Um, One of the perks of working for an elementary school is the, the long Christmas break. So it was nice. It was good to have a nice, relaxing Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with the parents, the girlfriend. It was nice. And now we have week 17 coming up. We have the first weekend of the NFL playoffs coming up, and I'll still be on break. So... Very exciting times. Um, So because we didn't have a Week 16 podcast, uh, the Jumbo Package wanted to present our listeners with a belated Christmas present this week. So after we wrap this Week 17 pod up, we're going to be going right into a special edition NBA podcast. That's right. The Jumbo Package will be doing uh, an NBA podcast. Uh, I have a lot of NBA thoughts. And truthfully, I'm prepared to blame the National Basketball Association for costing me the 2018 Weekly Picks competition with paulie Paulie, I don't know if you know this. You are officially the champion of 2018. <laughs> I, I offer you a very sincere congratulations, but I just to to offer up this little nugget. So after week seven – I was up four to one to two in our standings. Since then, you've gone seven, one, and one against me. But I blame the NBA. Week seven of the NFL season was the last week that I prepped for without the NBA in the picture. I've simply been stretched too thin since then. But regardless, a job well done, my friend. I'm very proud of you.
1: I've – I found my stride, let's say, over the last... Some some of them weren't pretty, but uh, but, an ugly win is better than a pretty loss, I guess.
0: For sure. And, And you know what? Truth be told, since week seven, my last win, you've gone nine and five, week eight, 11 and two, a five, eight and one, and four, eight and one stretch in week 10, week 11. But then... Nine and six, nine and seven, eight and eight, six, nine and one, seven, six and three. You've been above 500 the majority of the time. I, on the other hand, uh, that's not been the case. It's been a complete disaster highlighted by a two, 13 and one, week 15 performance that was just awful. Uh, two,
1: 13 and one.
0: Two, 13 and one. Not great. <laughs> Not, not what you're looking for. That's kind of like a that's a Hugh Jackson line right there.
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, that would, that would get you. I guarantee you the Bengals will be looking to hire you any time.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. I'll take that job. I, 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 that's a lot more money than I'm making right now.
1: Uh, you know, I got to tell you a funny story. Last Sunday I was uh, driving over to Grandma's to watch football with Uncle Joe, and uh, I was listening to sports radio, and they said, uh Vance Joseph was likely to be fired after the season, and he was the leading candidate to be hired as defensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals. I almost drove off the road because I was laughing so hard it i mean
0: that that's funny for a lot of reasons, but it's just it it's amazing that these coaches could just they could get fired from a job for being awful at it. And just immediately get another job that is not all that different from the job that they just had.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, I don't. I, well, look, I I have no idea what off the top of my head what Vance Joseph's qualifications to be a defensive coordinator are. However, I, I feel like if you come off a stretch where you're not a good head coach, maybe you need like a year to breathe before before you get a real look at a coordinator job.
1: I think Vince Joseph is related to Dave
0: Chappelle. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, sure. They
1: look quite a bit alike.
0: Second Cousins, maybe. I could see that.
1: Maybe. I think they are.
0: Okay, so here's what I want to do. Um, the majority of the Week 17 schedule actually has playoff implications tied to the results. Leave him still. I don't think we need to go in-depth on every game. So rather than, than working our way through all 16 games, I, I want to kind of try to just bounce around from meaningful game to meaningful game. I think we should just try to let this be as free-flowing of a conversation as possible rather than our normal structured sort of setup that we usually have. Um, we could give picks throughout. But if, if any listeners are interested in our crummy picks, we'll have them posted with the rest of the Hardwood and Hollywood staff picks. Um, but I, where we're at in the season, I think it's probably more important just to touch on the things that really matter. Uh, the teams that really matter and, and where is it, how things might shake out after this Sunday because there are, A number of possibilities still in play in terms of who makes the playoffs, playoff positioning. Um, So I I figure we could just kind of let the conversation roll and and see where things go. How how do you feel about that?
1: That sounds great. That that sounds great to me.
0: All right. Before we get to that, we should do the week sixteen weekly worst. Um, I, I only had one candidate. It's hard this time of year. There are quite a few backups in the in the games, and you, you don't really – there are a lot of teams that you don't expect good quarterback to play from. I went with Ryan Tannehill. Um, he was 15 for 22, 146 yards, a touchdown and interception, 82.8 passer rating. Not good. Um, not, not necessarily a stat line that we – see for a weekly worst award winner. But the, the the point I'm trying to get at here is this. Miami was mathematically still in playoff contention heading into this game last week against Jacksonville. And Tannehill threw a pick-six in the fourth quarter that was the, the nail in this Dolphins' coffin. Uh, frankly, I'm glad to see Miami lay an egg like that against Jacksonville because that freaking team didn't deserve to stumble ass backwards into a playoff spot. Um, I just thought it was a very fitting end for the Dolphins' season, for the the end of the season for Tannehill, and it puts Miami in a position where they need to be looking long and hard at who the future of of the quarterback position is for that franchise because we know it's not Ryan Tannehill.
1: No, that was a very lackluster effort by the Dolphins. You know, Playing that game at home, like you said, still alive in the playoffs, against just a, a soulless Jacksonville team, and and they come out and they get a quick lead, and then they just disintegrate. I mean, they they were done. Like it mm-hmm. was horrible, it was a horrible effort, and you know, not so much. I mean, Tannehill was bad, but maybe the weekly word we should just go to the whole team. Because that's fair, that just, yeah. That, that was just a hor- horrifying effort at home with your playoff legs on the line.
0: Yeah, I I I will put a, a dash next to Ryan Tannehill and, and type out Miami Dolphins so in the record books because it's co-winners for the week.
1: Because that,
0: that's fair. It,
1: I mean, we've it, kind of gone it, off script a few times this year with the weekly worst, so I figured it kind of didn't yeah. with how our season's gone. You know, with the different different things. I just I really I mean Tanhill deserves it, but I think the whole team does. I mean just, just a bad bad effort by the Dolphins at home where where they've been pretty good this year.
0: They they beat my Bears there. They beat the Patriots there.
1: Patriots, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean it was just a bad, bad effort.
0: Yeah. So Brian Tannehill, Miami Dolphins organization. Congratulations. They're the week sixteen weekly worst. You have you have some tough decisions to make moving forward. Quarterback, coaching staff. It, it'll be interesting to see what the Dolphins do. Um so the Dolphins are, are in one of only three meaningless games this week. Miami at Buffalo, Detroit at Green Bay, Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Those are the only three games that have no playoff implications whatsoever. Um so there there are thirteen games worth paying attention to on on Sunday. And technically I guess we could add Carolina New Orleans to that mix because the Saints have the the one seed locked up in the NFC. Uh Teddy Bridgewater's starting for Drew Brees. But even still the Saints are a playoff team, so I didn't quite include that one in there, but it's on the fringe. Um, so I'll, I'll give I'll give the floor to you. Where What are you most interested in this Sunday, where uh, a Sunday where there's a lot to be figured out?
1: I think, uh, obviously the biggest game of the day comes Sunday night football. I mean, the the Colts, Titans, when you're in game, uh, it's it's basically our first playoff game of the year because they're in. I mean, all they got to do is win. Um, I think that is a great night game. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, you know, I think you know if you know you're a listener of the podcast. I think you all know how both of us feel about the Colts. I mean, I, I think we're both on you know the Andrew Luck bandwagon. I think we've
0: mm-hmm.
1: been there since since the 2011 Orange Bowl. You know, so so yeah it's uh been a while. You know, you know, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun game. Uh in Tennessee I think it's gonna be a, a very, very competitive game. Um, you know, but in the end, I, I like luck in the Colts and Frank right to to come out of Tennessee with with a win.
0: I'm with you. I took the Colts. Um the half point worries me. The Lions Colts by three and a half. Uh, I do think it's going to be tight. Yeah. It 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 looks like it's going to be Blaine Gabbert starting. Uh, and as bad as that sounds, I don't know how much of a difference that makes for Mariota. Um, just because the, the recipe either way for Tennessee to win this game is what they've been doing the last three weeks anyway. A whole lot of Derrick Henry. Right. Uh, 492 yards, seven touchdowns just about seven yards per rush over the last three games. Uh, I, that's the recipe. That's what they're going to try to do. They're going to have to try to slow down this Colts offense. And from time to time over the last few weeks, the, the Colts offense has They They got off to a bad start against the Giants last week. They were shut out by Jacksonville three weeks ago. So there's a case to be made here for Tennessee. Now, what's really interesting is we have Jacksonville at Houston earlier in the day. Houston, a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. You think that's a game that the Texans take care of business, but they're so banged up offensively. If Jacksonville can manage to go into Houston and, and sneak a win out, Now, all of a sudden, the Colts and the Titans are not only playing for a playoff spot, they're playing for the AFC South. They're playing for a home game in round one. So this game could actually end up being even more interesting by the time we get to it at 8.20 p.m. Eastern time. Um, So it'll it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. Uh, I'm with you, though. I you know, you, as you said, you you know how I feel about Andrew Luck, about how well this Colts team has been coached this year. Uh, Frank Reich is going to have to get a legitimate look at Coach of the Year. Um, and I think if the Colts manage to to get into the playoffs, they're a team that that we we should look at really closely at, that could potentially pull an upset in round one. Because in all likelihood, that's going to be against Houston. Indy has recently beaten Texans. And then I wouldn't completely rule them out going into Arrowhead and giving Kansas City a close game.
1: So you're totally ruling out my Raiders beating the
0: Chiefs this week. Well, we should go there next. So Okay, so Oakland, Kansas City, do you want to make the case for your Raiders uh, pulling the upside in Kansas City and then the Chargers ending up the one seed?
1: Well, no, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I will say this. Over the last five or so weeks, the Raiders have played a lot better. They've played a lot more. Sure. They've played a lot harder. Um, you know, even the games, the, the Chiefs game in Oakland, they were in right till the end. Yeah. Um, you know, they played. they played – you know they kind of laid an egg against Cincinnati. That was a they, they didn't play that good that game. But you know they dominated Denver the other night. Um, they had a good win at home against Pittsburgh. But you know I, I think I think the Chiefs will win. But you you got to admit this Chiefs offense is not the same since Kareem Hunt. No, they. they, they definitely, oh, definitely not. They're, they're definitely missing a dimension. Uh, you know, now the weather, you know, in December is going to get a little crazy here here and there, and uh, we're going to see, you know, Pat Mahomes and that offense could work all them gimmicks with, with you know, the weather being crazy. But Chiefs will probably win. But uh, as we saw a few weeks ago on Sunday night, uh, or on Thursday night, they're not invincible at home.
0: No, no, they're not. And, and you know, what's really interesting, and I wanted to make this point, Um, when we got to Cleveland-Baltimore. But over the last month, we've seen almost every sort of fringe playoff contender get a win over the teams that we really liked. Uh, Chicago over Los Angeles. Dallas over New Orleans. The Chargers over the Chiefs. The Colts over the Cowboys. The list goes on and on. Uh, Seattle over Kansas City last week. Over the Chargers. Well, that, that was the point I was going, that's why I wanted to bring it up over when, when he got to Cleveland, Baltimore. Cause Baltimore over Los Angeles last Saturday was arguably the most impressive. Going on the road, West Coast, short rest, to hold that Chargers offense to 10 points, that's something. Uh, and, and you know, the Chargers were in really good position to, to potentially end up stealing that division.
1: They had it. But yeah,
0: yeah, they did. Um, my and it's nothing.
1: Prediction from my prediction from eight weeks ago or nine weeks ago was uh, real close to coming true, and uh, they blew it for me.
0: Yeah, it was looking good after after they beat Kansas City on Thursday night. Um, but more than anything else, it's maybe it's just an illusion, but it's created the illusion that the gap between some of these teams that have had to scrap for playoff spots over the last month, the gap between them and the teams that already had their their spot clinched or nearly clinched, maybe it's not that great. Um, and going going back to Indianapolis – oh, go ahead.
1: We were talking last week. All Basically, all 12 teams that are getting in the playoffs, would you be shocked if any of them made the Super Bowl?
0: If Tennessee made the playoffs, I would be shocked if they made the well, Super
1: Bowl. Okay, saying it's Tennessee, yes. Saying it's Indiana- But no, but you make it. You make a really
0: good point because even even if we eliminate Tennessee from the equation, eleven teams that you, you could kind of talk yourself into making the Super Bowl. That that's wide open. That that's very rare. You, I mean, you're lucky if you could get three from each conference heading into the playoffs each year. Where we're at the point now where, especially in the AFC, I have no clue. If Indy, if Indy gets in and Indy's the sixth seed, I, I think you could make a legitimate case for all six teams.
1: And not for nothing, but you, I'm saying the same thing for the NFC. I mean, you look last week, Pittsburgh went into New Orleans and outplayed them. I mean, sure. I don't care. They got yeah. they got hosed by the refs, and and uh, and their coach makes uh, a terrible call. I mean, that fake pump was just a horrible call. But, that was
0: a horrible call, and if Juju Smith Schuster doesn't fumble, right. it, it could be a completely different ending.
1: I mean, they they got hosed on on two very question. One was definitely not a pass interference on Joe Hate in the first quarter on a, on a fourth down. That and, was that
0: was that the Kamara play.
1: Yeah, that that was horrifying. Okay, yeah, that was that that was real bad. But like, I, I mean, I just don't think to me home field in the NFL does not matter nearly as much anymore. Uh, to me, the Chargers are a team that played better on the road. I think a lot of these teams just play better on the road. Uh, maybe there's, I mean, the Saints I think definitely play better at home, and they do have the luxury of home field. But I don't see them as invincible at home. I, I just don't. I, I I don't think I don't know I to me over the last four weeks they've they haven't really hit their stride I mean Pittsburgh had you know chances to, to it's
0: uh, it's interesting you say that about home field because I, I was kind of I was thinking the same thing that that was my perception of all of this was that. By the time we got in the playoffs, it wouldn't be all that shocking if any of these teams went on the road and beat anybody else. Then I saw a stat the other day that the last time a a road team won a conference championship game was 2012.
1: And they both won that year.
0: They both won that year. It was Baltimore and San Francisco. Um but you know, we we say all that and that all these teams are vulnerable and they could all end up losing to whoever they play. But recent trends say that if you are hosting that that championship game, um, you're likely going to the Super Bowl. Now, I
1: but, but like, even so even
0: considering
1: the the parody oh, is is way closer, I think, this year. That and, and, oh yeah,
0: this is this is not a normal regular season. I think that that's fair to say. Um, so you know, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what happens once we get into the playoffs. Um, I, I would still feel more comfortable picking the Saints to end up winning the NFC than I would the Chiefs, or if the Patriots somehow end up with the one seed, or if the Chargers end up with the one seed. Um, at picking any of those teams as the one seed to to end up in the Super Bowl. I think I would still have more confidence in the Saints than I would. Just because, as you said, they are a team that, that does play significantly better at home than they do on the road.
1: Correct. And that being said, you look at teams like your Bears, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks and the Vikings or Eagles, whoever get in, I think any of those teams could go to New Orleans at night.
0: oh, for sure it wouldn't be truly shocking
1: um, It'd
0: be mildly surprising, but not not at all shocking if if the Saints didn't make the Super Bowl,
1: no so. I- I just I just feel like, um, you know, usually to me, going into the playoffs, it's like, okay, two teams from this tavern's got a shot, two teams from this tavern's got a shot. And that's really about it.
0: This yeah, program, it's usually the it's usually – And I'm the,
1: like, I, I don't know. Like, if a team gets hot, like, you look at it, I mean, the Colts could be a six seed and the Eagles or Vikings could be a six seed those teams, all them teams, are dangerous to play in the first round. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I know you as a Bears fan, if if you're looking at the three seed, you, I mean, obviously you get them at Soldier Field, and it's a big advantage, and I think the Bears would win. But the Vikings or Eagles aren't a very easy first-round game. Like, it's not a gimme.
0: Well, you know, I, my dad and I were talking about this probably three weeks ago. We were just saying, okay, we just got to hope we could hold on to the three seed. Don't want to have to play Seattle in, in round one. Uh, but whoever ends up the six seed, they're kind of stumbling in. That was the perception that maybe Washington could end up at, at eight and eight or nine and seven and get in. And, right. you know, the the Vikings did not look great at that point, but then they fired John D. Filippo, and the, the offense completely changes. Foles comes in for Philadelphia and now all of a sudden you're looking at that team and you know there's something to this Foles thing I, I uh, yeah, it's I, I don't know if it's like a Tebow sort of situation where you're like well oh he's the chosen one but it's very weird how this Foles thing has worked out back yeah. to back years and you look at their crop of weapons and it's like do you really want to have to go up against Ertz and Jeffrey and Tate and Strolls? In round one, and and that defensive line that could just completely disrupt an offense. Like, now all of a sudden, neither of those matchups are looking good at all. Uh, right truth right be told, the, the best.
1: Right now, you're hoping for a win this week and a 49ers win, and then you can get that two seed.
0: You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> you are exactly right. I, I, I would. And, I mean, then you're at the, the point where you're probably getting the Rams in round two and that that's also not a great first opponent for the playoffs. Um point being, it, it the, the playoffs are just gonna be insane this year. There is not going to be a single easy out no. um anywhere. There there is nowhere to hide. There's no preferable seed, especially if you're playing on wild card weekend. Um Let's uh let's let's just dig in a little bit to some of these games that are important. Um or I guess scenarios that are important. So uh that that sixth seed in the NFC. Philadelphia is eight and seven, they're visiting the Redskins who are seven and eight. The Eagles are six and a half point favorite. Um in conjunction with that game, the Bears eleven and four Visiting the Vikings, who are eight six and one, the Vikings are a four and a half point favorite. Uh,
1: it remains unclear
0: what the Bears will do heading into this game. Uh, the, the Rams,
1: Bears, the Bears and Rams play at the same time, right?
0: They do. the The Rams and 49ers kick off at the same time, so the Bears will be alive for the two seed heading into this game. I can't imagine that Chicago would just punt on this game if there's the potential for San Francisco to to upset LA. And with that, you know, with that said, the Niners have been playing really good for the last three weeks. I I don't think they're good enough to beat the Rams in Los Angeles, but they've been competent over the last three weeks. They hung in there against Chicago last week. They upset Seattle the week before that. They beat Denver the week before that when the Broncos were still in playoff position. So I have to imagine that someone within the Chicago organization will be keeping an eye on how that game goes. And, you know, maybe if the Rams are ahead by a million at halftime, we see some lineup adjustments and heading into the second half for the Bears. But until that point, I can't. I don't know. I can't see Nagy being the kind of coach who's just going to be like, eh, we'll we'll let Minnesota get the win and we'll we'll just see them again next week unless as a member of the Bears coaching staff, you are convinced that you just have a much better chance of beating them than you do Philadelphia. And, you know, that's an interesting discussion to have. Personally, who do you think the Bears would have a better chance of beating in the wild card round?
1: I personally think they would win either game um, at home. I I myself – see, that's tough because in the Vikings you're getting a divisional opponent. and the Eagles you're getting a hot team with this full thing going on, and they're the ring Super Bowl champions. So I think both teams are tough outs. I think the Mm -hmm. Bears would win – I think the Bears would win a close game over either team. Uh, But, you know, as a Bears fan, and I'm sure I, you know, I know you well enough, you're not real excited to play either team.
0: No. No, I'm definitely not. Um, I kind of feel like if it were a team with the Vikings roster – But not wearing purple. I would rather play Minnesota. But it just really—it'll—it'll give me a stomach ache for a week if I have to be thinking about that game, how the Vikings could knock the Bears out of the playoffs. That'll really bother me.
1: I I know. Um, The stomach aches for a week thing.
0: So I I don't know. there's no, there's no good alternative. You, you, you said it before. The best case scenario is San Francisco upsets the Rams, and we could go into Minnesota and, and get a win, and then we don't have to play until divisional rounds. That'd be great. Um,
1: I gotta tell you, I'd, ESPN's Lewis Rennick, he, he's all, all in on your Bears. I gotta tell you,
0: I, I've heard quite a few people. I, I've heard quite a few people saying that that they have a legit shot to make the Super Bowl. I I, I just can't get there. I can't.
1: Well, I, I you're, You've also picked many teams. I think you picked the Buffalo Bills as your, Batavia's original lock of the week against the Bears this year.
0: I did. I, I've, picked, I've picked every Bears opponent since week seven as my lock of the week. But, look, here's the thing. I went back and I looked through all of those. About half of them I would have actually thought the Bears were going to win the game. Um, so, you know, if we talked about why I potentially lost the picks competition to you, there you go. That, that might be the reason why, because I, I kept going against Chicago. Um, but, I, look, I think this is a really good Bears team. Like I told you a couple weeks ago, this is the most enjoyable Bears regular season that I've had in my lifetime more so than the year that they went to the Super Bowl, um, for sure. It, it, I, their game-to-game ceiling, I think, is probably higher than that oh sixteen. 16 But I still have to worry about whether my quarterback can get the job done in a big game. I think that Trubisky's ceiling is higher than any other Bears quarterback of my life. Would, I mean, Definitely higher than Rex Grossman and, and Jim Miller and Shane Matthews, and it, the, the list goes on and on. Um,
1: Cowboy Kyle Orton.
0: Kyle,
1: kind of add him to
0: that list. Uh, but there, there is the potential for him to have a sinker, and it's to single-handedly cost the Bears a game. I hope I'm wrong. You know, I said that on draft night when you were here, and I hated that trade to to move up one spot and give up so much to get him. I hope it works out. I don't have a whole bunch of faith that it will. I have more faith now than I did when they picked him. But I, I need to see it. And I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment of, of where the Bears are at. I think defensively they're good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think the weapons that they have are good enough to probably get to a Super Bowl. Um, but what version of Trubisky am I going to get? Am I going to get the guy who who sails five passes over receivers and three of them get picked off? Or am I going to get the guy who is out there throwing dimes and scrambling for 15 yards on third and 10? I have no clue. True. So – We'll see. Either way, I I, I don't like the, the wild card round opponent. Um let's move on. We we covered the AFC South. Um you you conceded that you think the Chiefs will beat the Raiders. Uh Chargers then don't really have much to play for. They're they're locked into the fifth seed. Um I think that leaves us with uh, Cleveland at Baltimore and then Pittsburgh hosting Cincinnati. So similar situation for Baltimore as last year. They're they're in a win-and-you're-in sort of scenario playing against a division rival with nothing really to play for other than pride or whatever you want to call it. In this case – Everyone at ESPN will try to tell us this is like a revenge game for Baltimore stealing the Browns away, whatever, whatever. Most of the guys on the team weren't even born yet. Um, Cleveland has been hot ever since they, they fired Hugh Jackson. They're 5-1. Baker Mayfield has caught up to and perhaps surpassed Saquon Barkley in the, the Rookie of the Year race. This is a really interesting game. I. I I wish there was a way that they could have figured out what happened with that Pittsburgh game um, early on. And because this could have been a really fun Sunday night football game. If, if this game meant everything for Baltimore getting in the playoffs, like if it was a, you need a win and you're in sort of scenario. Cause I think Cleveland going to bring it here. I think the chance oh. to, to to get to eight wins and have a winning record for the year and have that kind of wave of momentum going into next year, with a real head coach in Mayfield in year two, I think they're going to be playing for that. I think this could be a really fun game.
1: Yeah, but before I touch on this game, how about the Baker Mayfield stare down last week? The huge, cold blooded. <laughs> Stared him down, looked away, and then went back to him. Classic. Yes. That that I'm starting to like this Baker Mayfield more and more by the week. I know some. I am too. Like, you know, you know, some people say he's got to grow up, this and that. I love it. I, I like I like what he brings to the team, and uh, you know, the, the Browns are the Browns are feeling themselves a little bit right now. They're they're going to go into Baltimore and, and they're going to give the Ravens all they can handle and. Uh, Ravens better watch out because, you know, that that of theirs ain't that great. And if they let Cleveland stick around, Baker might make a play or two down the stretch, and uh, it could be the Steelers getting into the playoffs.
0: We uh, we both took Cleveland plus six. I think it's going to be close. I don't necessarily know that I'm picking the Browns to win outright, but I think that this is going to be a competitive game. Um. I think that Brown's defense could, could make a couple plays and, and force some turnovers if, if Lamar's forced to air it out a little bit. Um, with that said, I, I truthfully, and no disrespect to the Steelers or, or anyone who, who likes the Steelers, I kind of would like to see Baltimore in the playoffs as, as early 2000s as their offense is. Um, it presents a, a different sort of look that that you definitely are familiar with seeing in 2018. Just pounding the ball and playing really good defense, and and they could do a couple of unique things with Lamar Jackson that that are interesting. Um, I'm kind of hopeful that they end up getting in, but Pittsburgh getting in is also not a bad alternative, just because, and you know we've touched on this before, their game to game ceiling. Can be so high um, that they, they are another team that, if they ended up in the field, it would not be all that difficult to envision them potentially making the Super Bowl. Is Mike
1: Tomlin on the hot seat? Hmm. I, I
0: mean, you know, I don't think I don't think so. They were
1: sitting, they were sitting seven, two, and one, cozy. Now they are now they don't even control their own destiny with losses to Denver and Oakland. I mean, blew a huge lead at home to the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. Uh, I mean, the fake punt the other day after they were just totally in control of the game. I mean. You know,
0: they're, uh, b- before we but I'll go back to the tumble on the hot seat question, but. There's actually a scenario, and I haven't heard anybody talk about this, but I was playing around, and I don't know if you've done this, but ESPN.com has this thing called the playoff machine where you could simulate all the games each week, and it it updates the playoff field as you're doing it. Um, It hasn't been talked about, but there's a scenario where Pittsburgh can make the playoffs even if Baltimore wins. No. You didn't know that, did you? No. So, assuming that Pittsburgh wins and assuming that Baltimore wins, if Indy and Tennessee tie, Pittsburgh gets the wild card. How wild would that be? Wow. It's the last game of the regular season, a win in your are in kind of game, And flips a tie, and then Pittsburgh
1: comes in the back
0: door to get that wild card spot. Wow,
1: that would be that that would that would be crazy. Now that That, would
0: would, without a doubt be the craziest thing that's ever happened on the final Sunday of the NFL season. Yes. So okay, you asked about Tomlin. Here's win totals since you've been the head coach. Okay. Ten, twelve, nine, twelve, twelve, 12, 9,
1: 12, 12, 8,
0: 8, 11, 10, 11, 13, and this year, 8. Oh, I know. Can, can you – look, it, I, I, you, whatever you think about him as a head coach, that's one thing. Can you fire a guy who has never had a losing season in 12 years as a head coach?
1: Who has a better roster than the Steelers?
0: That's fair that's fair definitely they, They've been one of the best run organizations in that time too.
1: i mean I mean to me, early on, I think he was great to start. i think I think as the years gone on, his decision making as a coach has been bad.
0: That's a fair assessment. I'll give you that.
1: Uh, going back to the playoff game against Jacksonville last year, I think they caught it to seven. There's over two minutes left. They got three timeouts and they outside kick. You ought to mm-hmm. basically put them in field goal range. You know what yep. I mean? Like I, just yeah. the the fake punt the other day. Like if you're gonna fake punt, just go for it. Right. Man. That's
0: exactly what I said. I I'm fine with it if they just oh. leave the offense out there. And go for it.
1: Yes, Ben was throwing all over him. They had guys wide open mm-hmm. the whole game. Just go for it. Wow. Wow. Yep. I got no problem with that at all.
0: Yeah, it, you know, maybe he is. I, I have no clue. I haven't heard anything that he is.
1: No, I don't think he is. Um, I, I don't think I don't think he is. I don't think he'll get fired. The Steelers don't do that. They've had three coaches in like eighty years, so they're not. <laughs> <laughs> that is
0: that is crazy. I I'm looking at their their franchise page on Pro Football Reference. So Chuck Noll took over in 1969 as head coach,
1: and then Bill Cowher. They, they've only
0: had two other coaches. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. they they've they've had they've had fewer head coaches than the Bears have in, in this decade.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, probably most teams. I mean, besides the yeah. Patriots and the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> the Packers yeah, too I mean, have
0: to. Have, Packers have to have a pretty good run yeah, of.
1: The, yeah, the Packers.
0: Because they they had, they had Holmgren and then McCarthy, and those two yeah. lasted a while. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. That, I mean, no, that that would be a very. Um, un sort of move to fire Tomlin. I, I don't – I personally don't think he's on the hot seat. Um, like I said, I, regardless of what you think of him as, as a coach or if uh, you think he's been slipping the last couple of years, I, I just I, – you know, at a certain point, the, the resume has to mean something. Yeah. And and for now I I think it still does. I you know
1: How about this? What's the playoff resume look like?
0: Okay, that's I have it up still. So 2007 is first year, lost in the wild card round. 2008, won the Super Bowl, missed the playoffs in 09 and 9 and 7. 2010, lost in the Super Bowl to Green Bay. 2011, lost in the wild card rounds missed the playoffs in 12-13, 14 lost in the wild card round, 15 lost the divisional round, 16 lost in the conference championship, 17 lost in the divisional round.
1: So, and how many of them divisional round losses were that was their first game?
0: 15, I don't think it would have been because they were 10-6. Uh seventeen it was their first Yeah. Their first game. I mean uh... here's where I'm at. If Marvin Lewis still has a coaching job, Mike Tomlin needs to have a coaching job. <laughs> oh, yeah, I,
1: well <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um I think we've hit just about every game that means something. Uh, one, one more question before we wrap up the, the NFL portion. Where do you have Russell Wilson in your imaginary MVP bat- ballot?
1: I mean, he, he's gotta be, he, he's definitely top five. I mean, uh, cool. I got five guys, I got five guys in the MVP voting, and it's Mahomes, Breeze, Rivers, uh, Locke, and Wilson. And to me, that's it. And to me, um, obviously, Mahomes or Brees is probably going to win it. To me, Luck or Wilson should win it.
0: If we're judging it truly on who's most valuable, probably you're right.
1: I'm saying that's that's, uh, that's what I'm saying.
0: I uh, I, I know that. A defensive player would never win it, but aaron donald has to be included in m v p he's been, in my opinion
1: that that defense I, just has hasn't been good enough i mean he's been great, but that that defense just has been has got shredded
0: yes but you could I mean, make a similar. You, are, you could you could make you could make the same counter argument against like Khalil Mack two years ago when he won Defensive Player of the Year for the Raiders. That well, wasn't an elite think, Raiders defense.
1: No, but I think he should win Defensive Player of the Year. But Khalil Mack. I, I think. I think. Derek Harlan. I
0: Right. I think Donald has been so good. In comparison to, to. Players at his position. Oh yeah, and players on that side of the ball. I think he's so far ahead of everyone else that he. he I I will have to include him if I eventually write like an MVP column. Uh,
1: I I I agree with. I mean, I agree with that. You know that part that you know what he's done has been incredible, but he's not. He's not going to get that type of look.
0: No, he, he won't. He he won't. He he will probably finish in voting behind all five of those quarterbacks and potentially even more. Um he'll run away with defensive player of the year. I imagine he'll win it unanimously. Um
1: I But I, I would I think no? I think I think Khalil Mack's gonna give him a I think it's gonna be real close.
0: I I love Khalil Mack. That's been my favorite trade that the Bears have ever made in, in my years as a Bears fan. I don't think he's been anywhere close to as oh, dominant as Donald has. I don't either. But. I think I think the narrative is really nice. I think you could you could make the case for Mack that way. I think in a normal year, Mack would be a really good defensive player of the year candidate. Um,
1: What's Donald got, like, 19 and a half sacks right now?
0: Yeah, that, that's the most ever by a defensive tackle.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. A defensive tackle to have that many sacks is absolutely
0: crazy. He He's getting double teamed on 75% of snaps.
1: Yeah, that, that's crazy.
0: He has three games this year with 11 or more pressures. That's more than the rest of the NFL combined.
1: That, that guy is just a freak. I
0: really think he's the best defensive player I've ever seen.
1: He's close. Um, speaking of the Rams, though, they got some bad news today. Todd Gurley's looking a little worse than they thought.
0: What's the what's the deal with that? I saw that he was out. I didn't. I thought that that was mostly going to be precautionary, just because you know, look, CJ Anderson is not Todd Gurley, but he ran for 167 yards and a touchdown last week. Uh, there, there was there was no reason for for Gurley to play this week.
1: No, no, not this week. But they said that McVeigh sounded a little nervous about that the news hmm. was a little worse than they thought.
0: I did not I did not hear that. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I read a little article about it earlier. Uh, they weren't sure I guess he was getting some more tests and you know he was getting evaluated, but they said they were a little nervous that it could be worse than they thought.
0: Interesting something that we'll have to monitor um okay so do you have anything else that we need to touch on before we nope. wrap the nfl portion of this uh, up
1: no no uh, i'm all set I'm all, all right
0: paulie it's uh it's been a, a lot of fun the regular season is days away from being in the books again congratulations on on winning our weekly picks competition i still have a chance of Having a better yearly record than you, but we agreed that it would be the weekly standings that that determined the champion. And you have that locked up, so congratulations, my friend. Well deserved.
1: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, one thing I, I would like to say before we go: our sponsor of this podcast, is Batavia's Original, mm. um, they did a great they did a great deed this week on uh, Christmas and Christmas Eve. They delivered food to. Um, the local firemen who were on shift that day, they brought food down to the station for them, and I just thought that was a, a great deed by a great place serves great food. So to our to our sponsor, I salute you. That was a great deed, and uh, you guys are great over there. But Tammy's original, keep doing what you do.
0: You know, Paulie, it's very interesting you say that. I I have a nice little uh, a nice little paragraph typed out about. Um, our sponsor batavia's original i was going to read it and then transition right into the nba portion of this podcast but you uh you know you have you're there you're, you're you're neighbors with batavia's original at least more so than i am um and you delivered a much better sponsor read than i could have that that is fantastic i'm very happy to hear that that our uh the presenting sponsor of the Jumbo Package NFL podcast is doing such amazing work in, in Western New York. That's, that's really awesome. Um, so yes, that, that, that was better than what I had typed up. So again, the Batavia's original, the official sponsor of the Jumbo Package NFL podcast. And for the next half hour or so, the Jumbo Package NBA podcast, um, so I, you know, I, part of the reason I wanted to do this was because we missed out on last week. Um, and I wanted to give people who listen to us regularly, uh, a chance to hear us talk about the NBA because, uh, we do, we do talk about the NBA pretty frequently. We are jacks of all trade and very
1: versatile,
0: very versatile. So it, it only seemed right that we talked a little NBA. Um, Especially now, since after Christmas, that's when a lot of the casual fans start to tune in a little bit more. NFL season winds down, um, so you start watching basketball. Uh, so I, I had a few things that I wanted to touch on. Um, I sent those the, the list of those topics to you a little earlier today. Yes, you did. Um, so let's start out with now we we can say for the first time our favorite team the los angeles lakers as we do this podcast i'm wearing one of the six t-shirts uh donning the, the los angeles lakers logo uh that i one of six that i got for christmas plus a lebron jersey plus a lakers blanket i i am all decked out in lakers paraphernalia i also have um a nice lakers Lanyard for my for my keys. I have a, a Lakers license plate frame. I'm all in for the next for the next four years. Uh, the the LeBron James era. I am Lakers fan. So,
1: I, I've been uh, that for a year, you look good in purple and
0: gold. And I do look good in purple and gold. You're absolutely right. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so obviously, on Christmas Day, it kind of puts a damper on things. LeBron goes down with. A groin injury. He's going to be out for, my guess would be the next two or three weeks. I think that they will, they'll baby it and they'll play it safe.
1: Yes, yes. And they
0: should. Um,
1: oh, 100%. 100%.
0: So, I'll ask you this because you probably caught a lot more of the Lakers pre LeBron than I did. So the Lakers last year. Do you think this group can tread water without LeBron for the next two to three weeks? Because, you know, we both agree that they should play safe with him and not rush him back. But at the same time, the Western Conference is a juggernaut. Yeah. And there are 14 teams within, like, seven games of each other in the standings. They could end up losing ground quickly. And that could end up being huge come March and April.
1: Um, I do think they could tread water. Uh, (laughs) the bad thing is they were dealt another blow (laughs) that same night. Mm Right Rondo broke a finger. So, now he's out, you know, they say four to five weeks also. So, they're getting pretty low, you know, uh, thin on the depth chart. Um, you know, they lost a tough one last night on a buzzer beater, um, the, the young guys played good. Lonzo had a triple double. Kuzma had a big game. Um, you know, th- those guys can all play, and I think, I think what they know now is this is the time for LeBron to really sit back and see, evaluate. Uh, you know, I think he has an idea of who he wants to keep around or who he wants around.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not you know, but. I think now it's gonna. I think a few of them guys are gonna be able to prove to him that they, you know, deserve to be around. And uh, I think they'll be all right. I, I mean, obviously, they they might slip a little in the standings, but I think when LeBron gets back, they're still gonna be all right to you know get back where they're not, get back to where they are now.
0: Mm-hmm. You know it. The, there isn't much to go on this year. No. No. Uh To to look at what the Lakers can do without LeBron, I, I was doing a little digging on some of their you know their five man lineup stats. So it, you just you type in a few parameters and you see how lineups are doing playing together. Um, their ten most frequent five man lineups all feature LeBron. So. Any lineup that has played at least 25 minutes as of yesterday, um, all of them have featured LeBron. So we we haven't really seen any group get a a lot of minutes together uh, and experience playing together. So I imagine what we'll see is a good look at a, a Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and uh, Zubac, five. Zubac
1: I think is, that that over the last week and a half has played phenomenal. By the
0: way, he played great against Golden State. Um, I, and I think they'll give those guys uh, a lot of time together because I think that when it comes time for a potential Anthony Davis trade. Those are going to be the guys that you have to figure out. Okay, which of which young guys are we okay with giving up to get Anthony Davis back? Um,
1: I know the first guy I'm getting rid of.
0: Brandon Ingrams.
1: Yeah, one
0: hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It, and look, the eye test tells me that. Um, some of the numbers tell me that it, it's actually pretty telling um of all the lineups in the nba that have played at least 125 minutes together so far this year uh the lakers actually have the third best five man lineup combination uh can you guess who those five players are
1: um I'm probably going to be wrong, but my guess would be Lonzo, LeBron, Kuzma, JaVale McGee, and Josh Hart. You nailed
0: it exactly. 100%. That, that was five for five. That five has the third best uh, net rating. So that is points, um Points minus opponent points, basically, per 100 possessions. So that five is 17.5 points better than their opponents in 100 possessions. Um, the only size man lineups that are better than that group are in Toronto with Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, and Jonas Valanciunas. And then actually in Portland – Damian Willard, C.J. McCollum, Evan Turner, Al-Farouk and Yusuf Nurkic. Those are the only two five-man lineups that have netted better results than the Ball, Hart, James, Kuzma, McGee five for the Lakers. Noticeably absent from that five, Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I mean. It, it, he's he's a, just a, not.
1: He's a, he's a he,
0: ballster. Right. It just—it is not a natural fit him playing alongside LeBron, and it doesn't take long to see those kind of things. It, that's why Dion Waiters was traded from Cleveland within 40 games when LeBron went back there. It's why eventually Ingram will be traded from the Lakers, whether that's for Anthony Davis or, or somebody else. Ingram won't stick around. Um, what will be interesting is to see how much more the Pelicans would potentially want for Anthony Davis. It would be natural to assume that they would want a whole lot more than just Brandon Ingram. Not only salary-wise, but that, that's not exactly the ideal um, haul for one of the side best players in the NBA. So
1: I got to tell you who who's played great with LeBron and, and I don't know if it's just because I'm rooting for him, but I think Lonzo has been really good this year. Uh, I mean, to me, him and LeBron play play fantastic together.
0: It has. I think it's been better than I expected that it would be. Um. I. I still don't know that I'm ready to give a a definitive judgment on it yet.
1: Lonzo could play, man. He could play.
0: He he could do a lot of things really well. He is a gifted passer. He's a really good defender. He rebounds well for his position. He has actually shot better as a spot-up shooter than I expected that he would heading into this year. Even still, I I still feel like I haven't quite figured it out yet. Um, If you look at the two-man lineup stats for him and LeBron, they're only 5.8 points per 100 possessions better than their opponents. That's not great. Um, LeBron and Josh Hart, is actually the, their most productive uh, LeBron plus one player lineup. They're ten points better when they share the floor. Um, LeBron and Kuzma are seven point three points better per one hundred possessions than their opponents. So it, it has been good, not great. Um, I don't think it's been so good that the Lakers that. that if the Pelicans insisted that Lonzo Ball be in a trade for Anthony Davis, that it's a deal breaker for the Lakers. To me, the the only guy of those young guys that should be untouchable is Kuzma. In my opinion. I, I think I think Kuzma is a really good fit. He could play off the ball. He is capable enough to Give LeBron breaks within the game when LeBron's on the floor. You could just let Kuzma go to work, and he could get a bucket. Um,
1: he just—he's a gifted scorer.
0: He is, and he, he plays science off the ball.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I, I think he should be the most untouchable guy within that group. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. I. I, I,
1: I, I still don't know that, that the Suns were looking for Josh Hart for Trevor Ariza. I mean, come on, let's be realistic here.
0: Right, that that was never going to happen. Um, I still don't know that the Pelicans are going to be willing to trade Anthony Davis anytime soon.
1: I, I well. not this year. I mean, his comments the other day made it basically sound like they're signing back at Warlords. But here's the, the thing. Keep them, the longer they keep them, the less, the less they're going to be able to get for them.
0: I don't think they're trading him within this, this season. Because trading him within the season means you are not even going to get to the point where you can offer him a contract extension. I think the point that they will trade him is when they offer that extension and he turns it down and he says, I'm going to test out free agency, at that point you can really look to start moving him. Well, Until that point, I, I, I can't see the Pelicans doing it, unless he comes right out and says, I'm not resigning."
1: But at that point, if he says, I'm testing free agency, at that point, our team is just going to be like, I'm not giving up a ton of of stuff when you know, like the Lakers might feel like, well, we could wait another year and get them for nothing.
0: But I think the counter to that would be look what happened with Paul George. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no guarantee that Another team might not.
1: Rich Paul isn't Paul George's agent either.
0: No, no. I I mean, (laughs) that's the thing. There's so much of this that we have no clue about. For all we know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, in that dinner that they had after the game a week or so ago, they could have decided already this is a done deal. The truth is we have no clue. We thought Paul George to the Lakers was a done deal. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden at midnight on July first, it was like, oh, actually it's not a done deal. He's actually just going to stay with the Thunder.
1: Right.
0: So that's that's the really the the thing that we that's out of our control. We have no clue what what Anthony Davis actually thinking. We have no idea if Austin were to move all their chips into the center of the table and trade for him. Maybe they win. Maybe they win a title, and he just stays there.
1: They said Boston can't until Tyree's up.
0: They they can't until. They can't this year. Right. They can after July first. Tyree could re-sign, and then they could trade for him. But Kyrie could still be on the Celtics, and the, the, the Celtics can trade for him. It just can't happen within the season. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, maybe, maybe it's not the Celtics that move in for him. Maybe it's somewhere else. Nobody saw Oklahoma City coming for Paul George. Nobody really saw Toronto coming for Kawhi Leonard. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if a team – Decided, okay, we're gonna bet on ourselves, we're gonna bet on our organization. we're gonna try to steal Anthony Davis for a year and make a good impression. I don't know um, let's move to the warriors i I think there's some fatigue here, and you know i I feel like we we've talked about this before uh Sometimes these things just end before you know it. We we talk all the time about how it's going to be nearly impossible for any team to replicate what the Warriors has done over the last five, six years. But at the same time, it's going to be nearly impossible for any team to replicate something like what the Spurs did. And the idea that this Warriors thing could last for over a decade seems nuts to me. And sure, it's possible, but that would be like catching lightning in a bottle twice. I, I think that there's a very real chance that this could be the last year of of not only Durant on the Warriors making the finals, but the Warriors with this, the Splash Brothers plus Draymond Corps making the finals. Draymond is just a completely different guy than he was three years ago. His shooting has really fallen off. Clay isn't a guy who could take over a game in the traditional sense, and the bench is a whole lot thinner and not nearly as trustworthy as it was in 2016. Iguodala looks older. Livingston looks older. The younger guys aren't going to produce consistently. So if you defend the Warriors like the Lakers did on Christmas – if you send doubles at Curry and Durant and make a, a concerted effort to get the ball out of their hands, I think that's how you're going to beat the Warriors. And, you know, there are avenues to do it. If Chris Paul didn't pull his hamstring last year, we would have seen the Rockets beat the Warriors. Um, I, I truthfully think there's a potential that the Warriors don't win the NBA title this year. I think that there are teams that are equipped to really push them in a way that that a lot of people aren't expecting that they could. Um, So that's that's my piece on the whole thing. Where do you stand with, with where the Warriors are at?
1: I think the problems in the locker room are way more than Durant and Draymond. I think I think there's a lot of Durant fatigue in that locker room with more than just Draymond, to be honest with you.
0: I agree. And look, yeah, I, I've been accused by a number of people for being anti-Durant, um, and I, I, I haven't hid the fact that I don't like him. I I watched that 2015-16 Warriors team probably more than any other team during that season. That was a team that loved playing with each other. That was a team that had fun. Every game that they were on the court together, they they, they moved the ball in such a way that, that, obviously there was so much individual talent, but the, how connected they were and how much fun they had and the, per, the mesh of the personalities um it took them to a level that hardly any teams ever get to. I mean, they're 73-9, and nine and they were one win away from a title. Um, and then they brought in Durant, and he's a really moody guy, and he says shit that, that rubs people the wrong way. Um, not that he said anything terribly negative about Curry or Clay or any of these guys, but... He just seems like a drag to be around. Yeah, he. Right? He, he, he has to be the least. I, I, like, I mean, he is without question one of the 25 best players ever. I, I don't think you can make a case that he isn't. Um, so that that should be the first place where anyone who says that I'm unfairly critiquing him, it ends there. He is an all-timer. All right. I don't think I'm overstepping by saying he is the least likable of any guy in that group.
1: Right. Uh... Mass
0: appeal-wise, I, I mean,
1: yeah.
0: Jordan was more likable. Bird and Magic were more likable. LeBron more likable. Kobe more likable. Even Duncan, for as boring as he was, Way more likable than Kevin Durant. Curry, significantly more likable than Kevin oh, Durant.
1: Yeah. And, and Durant, like you said, all-time great. One of the best pure scorers, you know, we've ever seen. Not hating on his game at all. Fantastic player. Um, but a whiner, like a, a real whiner.
0: And I'm, and I'm paraphrasing here. The reason that people hate me is because I'm so good at basketball. Yeah. No. No, that, that's not it. He. One, it's because you're completely out of touch with reality. If that's actually why he thinks that people dislike him, I mean, that's good. Do- to do with you not being likable. No, it has
1: nothing to do with that. It just, you know. Get another Twitter burner account so you can defend yourself.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he will. Regardless, he is fantastic. He's second in the league in scoring, um, averaging 28 or 29, eight and six. Like he's fantastic. Um,
1: um I, I just yeah the 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 Warriors. Not saying they're not going to win the title this year because I mean, they're still the favorites. Yeah, for sure, but I mean, Draymond can't make a shot. Like, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry, I, thought I lost you.
0: No, I, I've been here.
1: i uh, um, were in the middle of talking, and I and I, and I lost you. So, um, you know, we we were, you know, um, people are just not covering. You.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to. He's shooting. He's shooting twenty-two percent from three.
1: I mean, and you know, you look at it. Clay's uh, having one of his worst years shooting. Uh, he, he, he he's not shooting the ball nearly as well as as he did there for a while.
0: Yes, thirty-three percent from downtown. That that's that's weird.
1: He's way too good of a shooter for that, um, and it's just there's a lot of problems there. And that, you know, from what you heard, they started last year. Um, the honeymoon's over. The you know, yeah, like Steve Kerr said, they're facing some real NBA type type drama now. <laughs> you know that they. they they had three years or four years of so nothing but uh, sunshine, and uh, they're, they're getting some, you know, cloudiness now because the,
0: Houston they're, they're, and Cleveland series around last year, and that Houston series was the, the NBA finals. We come into this year talking about man the Warriors. They they snuck one out. They they got lucky with that Paul injury. They were uh-huh. they're on the ropes. But I think after they they got past Houston and then they sweep Cleveland, it created the illusion that like oh everything's good that you know they'll they'll get back to the finals again and they'll they'll beat up on whoever comes out of the East and they'll three P and it's all all good. But I don't think that's the case. I think that whoever they play in the East the, from the East in the finals is going to be better than that Cleveland team last year. That that, that roster that was just a joke. Um, and LeBron was playing the last three games of it with a broken hand. Um, I, I think that they're going to have their hands full depending on the matchups in the West, but whoever gets that eight seed in the West is not going to be, it's not going to be a cakewalk. And that's if Golden State ends up the one, which there, there's no guarantee that they do. I mean, they're, they're right near the top of the, the standings right now, but, you know like we said before everybody 1 through 14 is separated by like seven games right now so there there's no guarantee that that they're going
1: to coast to the finals playoffs but last year going to the playoffs they they were on a they were struggling going into the playoffs last year
0: what about going into the playoffs last year you cut out?
1: They they were struggling going into the playoffs last year.
0: Oh right, yeah. Yeah, I, I look it, it, I, I've cited this before. As tumultuous as it was with Kobe and Shaq with the Liberals <laughs> like it did after oh four. Like that, that I think that was pretty abrupt that that just ended. Like they they make the finals and they lose four one to Detroit. They they're favored in that series and then it's over. Like Shaq gets traded and and Kobe's left with the scraps of a roster that that isn't very good. Um, and I don't think it will be that drastic if Durant leaves after this year, but it could just end. Like that. I mean, I there. I think that there is a real possibility that the Clippers are in play. That that the Knicks are in play. Like, I think Durant is more likely than not out of there.
1: Yeah, I I think he is too because I think he's he's figured out they need they need and they want Steph Curry in that place more than they need and want him.
0: Oh yeah. It was, you know, what's funny. He, <laughs> yeah, this is going to sound really bad. After I've been bashing Durant, now making this comparison, but he hasn't been able to get a hold on Golden State like LeBron was able to in Miami. You know what I mean? Like Wade, Wade, it was and is still probably the most popular Miami athlete ever but when lebron was there that 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 crowd i mean i was there for it i was there for finals games i i i saw it firsthand um that crowd embraced him just as much as they did Wade. they chanted mvp for him they there's an understanding that okay he is our guy he is who we are writing to an nba title um I don't think they, that that there is that in Golden State, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone who is more plugged into Golden State than I am could correct me. I, I this is just me from miles and miles away, watching on my television. But the the type of embrace that LeBron had in Miami seems so much more than the type of embrace that than what Durant has had in Golden State
1: well it, it, the simple thing is, look at what happened when Curry is out of the lineup at Golden State, mm-hmm. I and mean, the team gets fizzles right he I mean we've talked about this uh, thousands of times I mean that's an exaggeration, but like Curry's the one that gets that ship moving
0: like,
1: yeah Durant is their Durant is their best player, Curry's their most important player.
0: Yeah, so that's the that's the perfect way to to sum all that up.
1: Um if, if they're gonna kick one person off that ship, it's not gonna be Curry.
0: No. He's
1: the guy. No, yeah. He's their guy.
0: Yeah. Um it will be it will be fun to see what happens when cousins Makes his debut for Golden State, and if that rejuvenates and uh, kind of helps them find a purpose for this regular season, or if things just end up getting rockier, right? it, it, I I yeah, that- love Demarcus Cousins as a talent, but it's not like everything has been smooth sailing when when he's out there.
1: I gotta say that was um, one of my favorite videos I've ever seen. That video that come up last week or so when you back down Duran Dunkin' oh, yeah. around that was fantastic.
0: Yeah, that was pretty funny. All right, couple couple quick hitters before we, we head out. Um three questions for you. Number one. Who do you think the eight teams are left standing in April in the Western Conference?
1: Golden State, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, yeah. uh, Lakers, mm-hmm. um, Denver. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in with Houston. three of mine. Houston, Houston is one. Um I think Portland's there.
1: whole oh, Portland, Utah.
0: I actually didn't have Utah. The other, I, I had seven that I felt good about. My seventh was actually the Clippers. Um, I just I, I they have like a whole bunch of guys that are like the third best guy on on a team. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that that doesn't always work, but they're the right kind of guys for that to make it all work like as long as they stay healthy I think they could just ride Tobias Harris and Gallinari and Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams and and Jay Gildas Alexander who's having a a, a, I I like him he the the numbers aren't quite there um but he just has a really good feel for the game um Patrick Beverley, Marcin Gortat, they're just a bunch of dudes who, who did not know how to play basketball. Boban. Um, Boban, I, who is just an enormous human being. I, actually, I saw Boban when he was in San Antonio. Um, we went. It was a regular season game. It was Maria and myself and my parents. and Boban got a lot of minutes that game. I, I mean, I, I was quite a few rows up, but he is probably the most impressive physical specimen I've seen. Nah, not that he's, like, muscular or anything like that. Like, he, I mean, someone like Giannis moves a whole lot better, but just he is every bit as big as he looks on TV. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I mean, they legitimately have, like, ten, eleven 11 dudes who just give you really good minutes and play good, and Doc Rivers is doing a good job getting all those guys to play. Um, so I think they're safely in, as long as they stay healthy. And they have quite a few guys who, who have been nicked up with injuries in the past, so no guarantee. But those are the seven that I have. And then there are 17s that you could make a case for um, for the last spot. Utah is one of them, and they've had a brutal schedule at the start of the year, just as they did last year. Um, Sacramento is really fun. It's really competitive. I, I I thought it was crazy that before the season people were saying that they, they might be frisky, and they are. Um you can't count San Antonio out. Memphis is right there with Gasol and Conley back and doing their thing. Um, who knows if Luka is going to be good enough to keep Dallas in contention all year. I don't know. I It's, it, it's really fun having, like, a, a really meaningful Western Conference game literally every night.
1: I have to say, uh, touching on Luka Doncic real quick, uh, those people that said he was too slow or, or this or that, imagine their embarrassment because that guy is just a bona fide stud.
0: I'm really glad that I was I was so pro-Luca and I made you watch highlights of him over the summer.
1: Yeah, just a phenomenal talent. I mean, fills a stash sheet every night. Um, just some of the shots he makes. Do you
0: see that that three that he hit against Portland?
1: Oh yeah, that last Sunday the
0: with point six seconds left. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah.
0: I mean he he might be the youngest guy that I've seen have like, and I mean you've watched enough hoops to know this. He has a, a legit feel for the moment.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. He's got a little
0: Larry Legend in him. He does. He's the modern-day bird, and I'll continue to say that, and at some point everyone else will be saying it, too. Um, I mean, he's 19 years old.
1: That, to me, is incredible.
0: Our our cousin Luca is older than him.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. I'd love if Dallas got in the playoffs to get Luca in there. Year one, yeah, that'd be amazing. Okay, um, top of the Eastern Conference. Which team do you take most seriously? We're gonna rank them one through five, and I am including Indiana in this mix too. Okay. Toronto, Milwaukee, Indiana, Philadelphia, Boston.
1: Go. Right now or come playoff time?
0: We'll say how you speculate it will be come playoff time. That might, that might be the single hardest question to answer about the NBA right now.
1: Yeah, I'll go Toronto, Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Indiana.
0: But Indiana's tricky. I,
1: I yes, yes. I mean, I seen them in Vegas. Watch one night they lost on a tip into the Cavs, and next night they lost on a bad call at Toronto. So, the, you know. And those were the only, those are the only two games they had lost in like a ten game stretch. So it, watching them, they had, you know, you talk, talked about um, the Clippers having a bunch of of uh, third guys. Well, mm-hmm. Indiana's got, um, I mean, Depot I guess, is a number one really good player, but. You know they got just a bunch of guys that that play hard and no. That, know that's about.
0: that's the thing. They I, with a good amount of confidence, I could say they play harder than any other team in the league.
1: Yeah, they they, they are um, they play hard. Um, they, they got they, you know they got the shooters, they got the athletic guys. You know they got decent, they got pretty good bigs. Um, I think when it is the playoff time. Well, what's going to be their biggest key is what Miles Turner they get. You know what I mean? They, yeah. Are they going to get the guy that could dominate, or are they going to get the the dud? You know. Yeah. He, he's got to he's got to be the guy. I mean, he's got the talent to be the guy. He just got to do it. You know.
0: Well, the best big on their team is Baby Sponis.
1: Oh. I I, love I him. a lot of Not everyone.
0: Not everyone realizes that yet, but he's the best big guy on that team.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, he, he's a double bubble every
0: night. Just a heads up to anyone who hasn't been watching the Pacers a lot. DeMontis Bonus is a real deal. Um, yeah, they're tricky. And do you want to – saying that they play harder than any team in the league, that was the case last year. Um yeah. And they they made Cleveland work really hard in round one. Um I, I say I that's gonna be a really tricky outcome playoff time. I I will feel bad for whoever ends up the four and the five in the east because two of those five teams are going to have to play each other round one. Um and that that is going to mean that a really good team is gonna get bounced from the east very early. And that that's not usually the case. Usually we see a team or two in the east that isn't a game six in the conference semifinals? And you're like, wow, that really? The, I mean, the, the the Hawks are a game away from making the conference finals. It's weird. Um, I still want to put Milwaukee one just because I feel like Giannis can get to a level that, that no one else in the East can. Um, they have cooled – quite a bit after a hot start at one point they were on track to break the NBA record for offensive rating in a year that's for anyone listening who doesn't know that's points per 100 possessions they're averaging like 116 and a half points for 100 possessions which would be like a point and a half better than uh the all-time record or a point better than the all-time record um they're About Last I saw, they were at like 113.5, so they dropped a a pretty decent amount, but they're still among the best in the league. Um, I like a lot of what Toronto does, and if if Kawhi is healthy come playoff time, they're probably the favorite. Um, They're another team that plays really hard. I I think I wrote this somewhere a couple weeks ago. they, they attack passing lanes in a way that very few teams in the league do. Um, they, they just have so many guys who are athletic and have long arms that they just, it's like a pain to have to pass the ball against them. Um, and then Philadelphia and Boston, you know, those are top to bottom talent and, and just number of guys that you feel like could take over a game. They probably have more than any other uh, of these other three teams. Um, And those two are four and five right now. So I have no clue, but it's going to be refreshing to have an Eastern Conference playoff race that there's actually some some drama to.
1: In the playoffs, so – our team is just going to make Giannis beat them with jump shots. Obviously, that's what they're going to do.
0: Here's the thing, though. Milwaukee nearly beat Boston last year, and there was a corpse at head coach. <laughs> There's a corpse at head coach, and the roster wasn't as good. And Giannis still put up numbers. Boone will actually find ways to, like – get Giannis touches near the basket. And now that they're going to be able to space the floor in a way that they couldn't last year, I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that that's going to be as big of an issue as it was last year. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, last last question that I had for you. Give me your top five for your MVP ballot right now. I've got 10 guys I think you can make a legit case for.
1: Okay. Um, Giannis. Mm Mm-hmm. Kawhi. Yep. Paul George. Yeah. Fantastic
0: year for George.
1: Yeah. Been phenomenal. Been absolutely phenomenal. Um,
0: (laughs) And what's funny is, Westbrook is again averaging a triple-double and no one is paying one bit of attention to it.
1: Right. Because it's just old hat now. It's like, oh, having and triple double again for the twelfth straight year. That's, that's, that's and
0: crazy. and he is ten points down from where he was when he averaged it the first time. That that has something to do with it.
1: Yeah, Paul George has been great though. Um,
0: he he's been he the best player.
1: I think yes. I think uh, I think Curry's and gotta be up there. I mean. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: I'd actually throw Durant in there too, to be completely honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, he's probably got to be. Uh, LeBron's probably got to be in the conversation. Yeah. Um.
0: So you, you've named you've named six so far. You have six guys. The four that you haven't named that I I think deserve consideration. Embiid. Harden, who' has been absolutely out of his mind this month uh, I have Jokic? One thing
1: to touch on I have one thing to touch on about James Harden real quick.
0: I think we're about to get in an argument.
1: No, I think he's great, but why- why does it, why does he never get called for travels
0: <laughs> i am with you on that one Was there step back.
1: I mean, he, he takes 32 steps.
0: There I mean, there have been some this year that have been particularly egregious. It's been really bad.
1: I mean, and the the amount of free throws he shoots is like, like, some of the calls he gets are ridiculous. Like... Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, you're right.
1: I mean, I, I know good players get calls, but the calls he gets are, you can't call, you can, like, the greatest thing I saw all year was the Lakers players mocking the refs at the end of that game by playing defense with their hands behind their back. Yeah. Because the, the, the calls were so bad in that game. Like, no wonder the Rockets are so good. They shoot 85 free throws a game.
0: <laughs> they only take three free throws in layups.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, no wonder they were a loss.
0: It it really is Mike D'Antoni's wet dream.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I I don't know. Like, he's such a good player, and watching him gives me a stomachache. Because it's like –
0: Most of the time I agree with you, but like last night when they were playing Boston, and he just had it going. I mean, he's a I I, I think think that there's – I think yeah, I think that there's just something to admire about the fact that he's reached the point where, when he has it going, he he can literally be unguardable, like in like a in like a Kobe, MJ, Durant, LeBron sort of way. Where he, I mean, he knows he the gets the calls. Is,
1: the crazy thing is, he gets more calls than all those guys.
0: Right, and that that's what makes him so dangerous.
1: I, I like. Is it because he acts like he's getting shot by a sniper when he drives to the basket? I, I don't look. You,
0: I mean, you know that I that I am not opposed to flopping.
1: No, I, as,
0: flopping. as as someone who did that quite a bit during his high school basketball career, I, I'm fine with gaming the referees, and that's exactly what he's doing. Why shouldn't he act that way if the refs are going to call it? That's on the refs. That's not on James Harden.
1: It's t- uh, yeah, I, I I agree, but...
0: You know what I mean? Like, what, take no, advantage of it if you can.
1: No, I agree, but, I mean, like, it's, it's really tough to watch sometimes.
0: Sure, I agree. Um, the other two guys that I think deserve consideration, and we could sort this out and give a top five and then get out of here, because we're almost at the two-hour mark. Uh, Nikola Jokic... The Joker. and the Joker, and Damian Willard, again, having a really good year, right around 27 a game, five rebounds, six assists, shooting 40% from three, dagger three last night against Golden State on the road. Um, I think those are the, the ten guys, and I, I didn't mention Anthony Davis because right now he doesn't have a winning record, so I can't put him in there. But of those guys, who would be your top five right now?
1: Gannis, Kawhi, Paul George. Um, Probably Harden and Curry. No, LeBron. Wow. Yeah, LeBron instead of Harden.
0: I go LeBron instead of George.
1: Oklahoma City's got the best record in the West. He's the best player on the team.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that, it it's gonna that's gonna be a fun MVP race. Is Giannis your number one?
1: Um, I, I, that I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. 26,
0: 26, 13, 6. 58% shooting. Good defense. I think he's my number one right now.
1: Just willing to dunk on anybody.
0: Yeah. It kind it of kinda feels like his year.
1: Could be hi,
0: man. All right, man, anything else we need to cover?
1: No, I'm just going to you know, cover the Go Gators tomorrow and the Feature Bowl.
0: Best of luck. Um, we will have to talk off air about when we're going to do this next podcast, the wild card round preview. I have a couple of scheduling things that might make it a little tricky, but we'll figure it out, okay? Yeah. Hi, buddy. It's been fun. Uh, this will be the last podcast of 2018, so everyone who has listened consistently, or even if this is your first time, thanks for listening to us. We genuinely enjoy doing these podcasts each week. I will only speak for myself when I say this, but the hour that you and I get to talk every week about football or whatever it is, it, it's one of the best hours of my week. So, Paulie, thank you. Um, I feel safe. Uh, everyone who listens, thank you very much. And uh, you will be hearing from us in 2019. Take care.
1: Happy New Year. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry,
0: sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>